Good morning, and welcome to the sanctuary of Cornerstone Assemblies of God. I am Pastor Richard T. Wade, and I would like to say thank you for joining us today. I pray the Word of God can speak to you, and the Holy Spirit make it real to you. Now, a pre-recorded message from Cornerstone Assemblies of God. This last week, I was driving around just kind of clearing my head, just driving. I didn't have anywhere particular I was going, um, and I just felt like burning some gas. And so I drove out to Antioch Farms and looked at all their exotic animals out there. It's nice, you know, to be able just to drive a few miles up the road and see elk and zebra and camels and everything else and emus and ostriches and they got all kinds of antelopes and um, impalas, and they got several things out there. I'm waiting for a giraffe, then I'm going to be happy. And, uh, and then uh, what's the African waka? It's a cow. It's like a Texas longhorn, but they have really fat horns is what it looks like. Anyhow, they have all those. So I'm out driving around, just clearing my head, looking at all these beautiful animals. And just as I was in awe of them, And being reminded that they were God's beautiful creation, just the Lord dropped in my spirit. He says, just as you are looking at these animals with precious thought, so my precious thoughts to you are more than grains of sand. And, of course, my mind went to Psalms 139. For you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so this morning I want to preach to you for a little bit out of Psalms 139. I would like to read 18 verses. But if you would, for the reading of the word, we will read the first five. So if you can, please stand. Let's just honor the word of God. Psalms 139, verses 1 through 5. O Lord, you have searched me And known me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You understand my thoughts from far off. You search my path and my lying down and are aware of all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it fully. You put yourself behind me and before me and keep your hand on me. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. I tell you, if I didn't read anything else, isn't that already a blessing? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And so this morning, uh, I've also had a couple people ask me lately, you know, kind of like, hey, uh, is everything okay? You normally preach till 1230. You've been preaching until like 1210 and letting us go. I'm like, yeah, everything is good. I guess y'all are straightening up and so the Lord don't have to talk to you as long. No, I don't know. I, but anyhow, God is good and he's great and he's greatly to be praised. And while we do have to be a holy people because we serve a holy God, while he does call us to a standard of righteousness and holiness, you know, he loves us too. And that's why he calls us to such standards is because he wants us to spend eternity with him. He wants to have legal means 
to minister to us and through us. And I think sometimes that we forget about the legal aspect of how God operates when he puts things into motions, when he writes laws, when he writes precepts, when he puts something into motion through his creative power. He is so just and so pure and so holy that he doesn't renege on his word. He doesn't go back on it. He can't even betray his word. You know, we make rules for the kids. You know, you're not going to do this until you do A, B, and C. You get tired of arguing with them. And then you're like, fine, you did A and B, so forget C, let's go anyhow. Y'all don't do that, I do that. I'm a pushover. God doesn't do that. He says, if you'll do A, B, and C, then I will. And if we want him to do the I wills, it's not legalism, and it's not even him being mean. It's his protection. It's his mercy in steering us in paths of righteousness that we can spend eternity with the Holy God. And so when you think about really the heart behind even what may seem to be hard preaching and some hard messages, it's birthed in a place of love. And from a God who is full of grace and has a people whom he wants to spend eternity with. And so when you read here, just starting off again in Psalms 139. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down, you know when I get up. You understand my thoughts from afar off. You've searched my path and my lying downs and you're aware of all my ways. And for there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, and you know it fully. And so when we look at just these four verses, <laughs> I kind of have the idea and this thought, it's like, why do we try to hide from God? Why do we quote unquote run from him? I know in high school, I was called to the ministry. I knew that I was. I didn't surrender to it, but I knew it. Then I went to college and, you know, as they say, sowed my wild oats and did my thing. And, and it was all an attempt of running from that call. I, I, I'm not suggesting this, so don't take this as the preacher's giving you a way to live life. You know, it was crazy. I knew the call on my life, and I couldn't, even though I wanted to run from God, I couldn't. And so, I mean, Saturday night, I'd get off work, and I'd go to the bar, and I'd do all the things I shouldn't do, and I'd stay until they shut the bar down, and then go do other things I shouldn't do. But come Sunday morning about 10 o'clock, you know, you dress up to go to the bar, so i just put those same nice clothes on, thinking that I look good, because the staunch, stale cigarette smoke was so strong on me, I couldn't smell it, but everybody around me could. And I show up to church to play church, smelling like the stale bar that I'd come from. But I knew I had to go to church. Even though, I don't know how many times, driving to the bar, I'd go to pull into the parking lot, and I would just have this gut-wrenching knowing that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but I did it anyway. Until the one night, and I've probably shared this with you. 
I did that as I've done several times. And I sat down at the table and I ordered my drinks. Two. It was Coors Light. What I drank to get my night started. And I'd give a one for bring me one or I'd give a two for bring me two. The waitress knew the rule. And that was a two-nighter. And so I just walked in, looked over at the bar, I threw up two, and I went to my table. She came and she sets the two beer in front of me. And as I reached out and grabbed the neck of that bottle, just as I'm talking to you, I heard an audible voice of God. And he says, you have sinned away your day of grace. If that touches your lip, there is no more. So I let go of it. I stood up, <laughs> looked at the people who was with me, and I said, if you're riding home with me, <laughs> you're leaving now. But we just got here. <laughs> Ain't my problem. I'm gone. And you know, from that moment, and I'm giving God glory, this is not a boast in me, from that moment, there was no more bar, there was no more nightclubs, there was no more casinos, there, no, there, it, it, there wasn't... Glory to God. And I know not everybody has that same situation. Sometimes there's struggles. But glory to God. For me in that moment, there was no struggle. It was I was bound. I had a revelation. And I was free. There was no middle ground. I was there. And I heard the voice of God. And I surrendered to the voice of God. And the next moment I was here. I was translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And walked therein. And I'm telling you these things is because I wasted nearly three years of my life trying to run from the God who was everywhere that I was, seeing everything that I did. Isn't it strange that oftentimes when we are outside the will of God, we wait until people aren't looking to do certain things. We wait until the night hours to do. Isn't it crazy the world typically does most of its dark and dirty things in the night hours? Because they think they're hiding from something. They think no one is seeing it. But I'll read it to you here in just a moment. But the word of God here in Psalms 193 says that darkness is as noonday to him. Meaning there is no hiding from the Lord. And why are you telling us this preacher? I thought you was going to encourage us. <laughs> I'm telling you stop wasting your time. Stop running from him. Stop hiding from him. You ain't keeping no secrets from him. He knows it anyhow. <laughs> Mine's well, just go on ahead. That's how we talk in my bunch, you know. Just go on ahead. I don't really know what that one word is. That's not three or four words. It's one word. Go on ahead. And so that means just go ahead and do it. Repent. Surrender to him. Because I'm telling you, don't stretch it so far as I did to hear you've sinned away your day of grace. People ask me, when, when does that happen? I don't know what it is for everybody. I can't share that for you. But I know for me, it was that night because the Lord said so. I'd push that envelope as far as it could push. So just don't even start pushing envelopes. <laughs> Be safe. Oh, Lord, you've searched me. And you know me. 
I really love the language here because it says you've known me. It's past tense. Let me just read you this whole passage and then we'll start breaking it apart. And you know when I sit down and when I get up, you understand my thoughts from far off. You search my path, my lying down, and are aware of all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it fully. You put yourself behind me and before me and keep your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is lofty and I cannot fathom it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell at the end of the sea, even there your hand shall guide me and your right hand shall take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light shall be as night about me. Even the darkness is not dark to you, but the night shines as the day. For the darkness is like light to you. But you brought my inner parts into being. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for you have fearfully and wonderfully made me marvelous are your works. And you know me completely. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And intricately put together in the lowest part of the earth. Your eyes saw me unformed. Yet in your book all my days were written. Before any of them came into being. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more than the number of the sands. When I awake, I am still with you man so today I just want to remind you he knows you he knows where you are he is with you always don't run from him stop wasting your time don't waste his time because he's right there with you no running any longer don't hide don't even twist the narrative because he already knows the truth I was guilty of that. You know, I'd start to tell my story and I'd twist it where I'd come out smelling like roses. I didn't give you, you know, it wasn't a total lie. It was just, you know. Oh, but the Lord delivered me of that too and said, don't, yeah. <laughs> you might fool somebody around you, but don't feed me that line <laughs> because I know the truth. So this morning, don't twist your narrative any longer. Just come to him. Because as we sang just a moment ago, when we enter into his presence, the holies of holy, when we enter there through the blood of the lamb, he'll cleanse us. He will forgive us. It doesn't matter how far we've run. It doesn't matter how dirty we've gotten. It doesn't matter how bad the situation seems. We've not gone too far. That the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the blood of Jesus becomes insufficient. There's no such place. If we will repent, if we will turn from our wicked ways, 
then he will save us. He will be our God and we shall be his people and be fitted together by the Spirit of God as a dwelling place. He will live in us and walk in us. He'll be a father to the fatherless. He'll be a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Ever-present help. That's who he is. And so why do we run from him when we are not living as we should? I don't really understand why. I did it too. I'm not up here holier than thou. I've told you my story. He knows you. He knows your comings and your goings. I remember back when I was not living as I should, I'd be driving home and would be where I'm not supposed to be. But I knew about how far from home I was. And I'd get a phone call wanting to know where I was. And I'd say, I'm in Little River County in between Foreman and Ashdown. There's a little Methodist church. And it's named after our family name. It's Wade's Chapel uh, Methodist Church. And it was about 20 minutes from the house. But I would be coming from Idabel, Oklahoma because that's where the bar was. And so I'd get the phone call. You're supposed to have been home an hour ago. Where are you? I'm just now passing Wage Chapel. That's the other way. But what it was, I was actually in Tom, which was about 20 minutes from home on the other direction. And so, see, keeping myself out of trouble, I thought. The Lord knew my coming and going. He knew from where I was coming from, and he knew where I was headed to. It don't work with him. Just be open and honest with him. Come before him just as raw as it may be and say, Lord, here I am, and here's the situation. And his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. That he picks us up, wraps us up, dusts us off, sets us on the path of righteousness. Now that's where the normal Richard Wade would kick in and I'd start telling you what you ought to do once you get on that path of righteousness. But this morning I just want to remind you that while the enemy, the author of condemnation, may have been really whispering in your ear, really condemning you and pulling you down, telling you that you've gone too far, that God doesn't want anything to do with you, that there's all, all hope is lost, it's done, it's over with, just quit. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is saying to you this morning, that's not the truth. Repent and turn to me. I will receive you. I will keep you because I have. This is the Spirit of the Lord. He says, I have made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. It wasn't willy-nilly. It wasn't haphazard. There was a plan in place. And the creating of you even before you've carried out your days. He knows your comings and your goings. Whether it be day or night, he knows where you are. I love it here. And it says that in verse 5, you put yourself behind me and before me. And you keep your hand on me. <clears throat> Excuse me. A couple of weeks ago, Brother Sam Knuckles spoke at a Brothers in Christ. 
And when I read this earlier this week, I had to look up the cross-reference, and sure enough, it's the same. He dealt with us being warriors in the kingdom of God and being brothers in Christ and coming together. And he dealt with the, the Roman way of war in that you would have... Uh, one main fighter in front and he would have the shield and he'd have the sword and he would be defending and he would be fighting but then there are those behind you with their hand on your shoulder pushing you forward encouraging you that I've got you back I'm here with you that way if something happened and that soldier fell there was another in line who would pick up their shield and their sword and they'd go with it they continue fighting and there's still people behind them with their hand on the shoulder pushing them holding the line encouraging them chanting and hoorahing them that don't give up don't give in keep on keeping on I've got your back you're not here alone you're not here alone keep on keep on push on well when you look at this here in Psalms 139 verse 5 and the Lord says I've put myself behind you and before you and my hand is up on you the beautiful picture that is being painted here it is the Lord who's in front of you with the shield and the sword that is fighting and it is the Lord who is behind you who's got his hand on you encouraging you to keep on and don't get you just in the middle of a big holy go sandwich and you get credit for you get credit for fighting the war and he's actually doing the battle for you and he's actually pushing back behind you you just got to stand there and follow him just go where he tells you to go and he'll be before you making plain the path and he'll be behind you guarding you from whatever enemy's trying to sneak up behind you the issue is, is when the one before you and the one behind you zigs and you zag. <laughs> then a conundrum introduces itself. And you're left out here unguarded. And it's in those moments most of the time where people say, well, God let me down. He says that he never leaves me or forsakes me, but he forsook me. I felt very forsaken in that moment. Where was he? Well... Did you go where he said go? Or did you go your own direction? Because he is before you and behind you. But when he has set this thing into motion, he doesn't turn back. It says here that your days were already put in the book before they even carried out. So he's written the story. Now I believe in free will. Uh, I believe the predestination of the Lord is not in the finite moment by moment of every day that's where free will comes in but his predestination is that whosoever will let them come unto me it is that none should perish but all all should come to know him all should have everlasting life that is the predestination of the Lord he predestined before the foundation he saw that through free will men would fail him and he had to make a way of redemption for them. And so before the foundation, he made a way of escape through Christ Jesus. Glory to God. He knew this. Knowing something doesn't mean you make it happen. 
I think that's where people sometimes get a little twisted in their predestination theology is they think that the predestination of Christ forces me to do something and I'm some sort of robot who's walking around through here. Well, it was the will of God. That's why it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't the will of God. Uh, yeah, because you can be outside the will of God. He put forth the plan. Now, if you go with him, there's the plan. But if you're not with him, you're outside the plan. I can hand you a road map all day long. But if you don't follow it, that ain't on my, I give you the right directions. I want to say I went to MapQuest and printed you out, but that would date even me. And so, uh, you know, that's how we used to have to do it. And before that, you actually had to have a real map. An atlas, you know, folded up a thousand different ways. And then it had clear postal tape and all the bins if you traveled a lot. Because after closing and opening that atlas so much, all those different folds would get paper thin. And they'd tear apart on you that you had to dig them out of your grandparents' glove box. That's what that thing is over there to the side on the passenger side under the dash. That's what that's for. That's not for your McDonald napkins. It was for your, you know, driving gloves and your proof of insurance. Do you have that? And anyhow. You know, if I hand you a map, if I hand you step-by-step directions how to get somewhere, and I hand it to you, Jesse, and Jesse's got it out, and he reads it, he knows the way, he knows where he's going, and he knows what he's supposed to do, because it's right there. But he gets going halfway down there, it's like, you know what, I know he said go all the way to King's Highway, but I think I could cut through right here and jump over on 67, and then hit over there on 82, and I could get over there, I think I could save some time. So I ain't going to go all the way to King's Highway, I'm going to cut it right here by the Lake Country Store. I'm just going to pull up there and I'm going to go do my thing, because I think I know better. And then there's a wreck on 67, and then he hung up. And you finally get through that wreck, and you get over there to 82, and you get behind a tractor and then the train stopped on the track and then you're late and you're mad at God because where's God in all this I mean I go to church I pay my tithe I worship the Lord I'm hung up by a car wreck I'm hung up by a tractor this train stopped on the track come on God I pray every morning I read my Bible where are you God what you doing why I'm late, God. He says, I told you to take King's Highway. <laughs> I told you, to, but I didn't want it. That ain't got nothing to do with That's your problem. I told you to take King's Highway. He knows your paths. And he knew the words on your tongue before they were uttered. He knows your thought before they bounce around between your ears. He knows them. But praise God, he is before you. He's behind you. His hand is on you, pushing you, encouraging you. I am here with you. But for the formation to work, you've got to go where he's leading you. You see, I have had to walk Cooper Wade from behind before. Me being behind him and I, you know, grab hold of his shoulder and put a little bit of pressure on a few different pressure points in his neck region they turn real good that way but my hand would guide him so he's before you fighting and when he goes this way it'd behoove you to go this way but even when you try to pull this way his hand his right hand that is upon you to guide you he kind of puts a little pressure and says no go this way but see that's where free will comes in 
I can either surrender to the obedient nudge of God and follow suit, or I can think I know better, and I step out. Now I'm outside the will of God. I'm outside the protection of God. Trusting, because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You can never fully understand Him, so stop trying. Learn of Him. Know of Him. Read the Word of God and see the attributes and the blessings of God. But He's all-knowing and you're not. He's all-present and you're not. He transcends all time and you don't. He's all-powerful and you're not. You might think you are, but you're not. If you can put God in a box and you can fully understand everything that is about Him, then He's not God. You're serving yourself. Dark is as the noonday with Him, so stop trying to hide in the shadows. He sees you. He even sees those who are despitefully using you. He sees those who are taking advantage of you. That is why we can take comfort in knowing that vengeance is his, says the Lord. That is why we can heed to the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 and verse 44 to pray for those who despitefully use you. See, it's one thing for somebody to accidentally do you wrong. When they despitefully use you, they knew exactly what they were doing. They had deceit in their heart. They had spite in their heart. And they planned on getting one over on you. The word of God says pray for them. Ugh. (laughs) But see, the thing is, is God sees it. He knows it. And if you just keep following his leading and his guiding, here's the beauty. He guides us into what? All righteousness. And he is victorious, correct? And so if we're with him and we're following him, where is he going to take me? He is going to take me through the righteous path all the way to victory. Yeah, but what about them? Stop worrying about them. Let God take care of them because he says he will. Because he's fighting for you. He's fighting for you because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Before he knit you together in your mother's womb, he had a plan for you. Now, you may not follow through, but that's not on him. You've already said that, I know. And I'm saying it again on purpose, and I'm going to say it again before I say amen today. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were not an accident. There were no mistakes made on you. Your little quirks and your things that are about you that make you you, God has a plan for those for his glory and for his honor. Life begins at conception because the word of God says so. And he has a plan from conception because he said so. He had a plan before conception because he knew when conception was going to take place. He knew it. That's the reason oftentimes, and I'm just going to say this, it's not in my notes, it's free. People get the cart before the horse, and are we proud of it? No. Am I just going to high-five them? No. But it bothers me, and I'm just going to be very frank, when people come to me and they're like, they're pregnant. In shame. The pregnancy's not the problem. The pregnancy's not the sin. It's the actions that led to the pregnancy outside of wedlock and untimely manners. That's what led to the sin. So whether she's married or not, whether it's all put together or not, you come to me and say, I'm pregnant, I'm going to jump for joy. 
Because God knew this child was to be conceived. And there's a plan by God to defeat a scheme of the enemy. Or else that child would not have been allowed to ever be conceived. It must be in the... I do believe that portion of predestination is that you don't come into this world unless he says so. Because he's the one who controls all life. He is the creator. And so whether born in wedlock, out of wedlock, born here, born there, born with this problem or that problem... Born with whatever don't matter. Born is the key. If they were born, there is a plan and a will of God because they were fearfully and wonderfully made. And if we can understand that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, whether we're blind, we're deaf, we have an intellectual problem, we have societal problem, who cares? God is able to redeem And he's able to redeem us for his glory. In high school, I showed pigs, junior high and high school. But in my high school years, there was this kid from Bismarck, Arkansas. He had Down syndrome. And he showed pigs with us. You know, we got petty in our competition, one with another. I mean, we were wanting everybody to lose because we wanted to be grand champion. I mean, you know, when your feeder was empty, I was glad. (laughs) When you forgot to water your pig, I was glad. When you watered your pig too much and didn't make the way in, I was glad. Say, boy, preacher, that's ugly. I know it was ugly. I'm just telling you the truth. But when it come to Zach, that wasn't the case. Because in his Down syndrome, he had no enemy. He wasn't there to despitefully use anybody. He was there to have a good time and cheer you on. He would, be, <laughs> he would be in the same weight class as us, showing against us. And when the judge starts eyeballing your pig, that's when you drive your pig to him so that they can really see it. And you turn them and you do your whole figure eights. And I won't go into all that detail. But you have to read the judge's body language. And if you are a good showman, you know what you need to do based on the body language of the judge who's watching you in the show ring. Well, Zach could pick up on the body language too. And so when he picked up on the body language that the judge was looking at me and I start driving my hog to him, I'm all crouched down, I got my show, I got my brush, I mean, I'm showing and I'm doing like I'm supposed to. Zach would forget he's showing his pig and say, drive it, Richard, drive it, Richard. And he'd start cheering me on in the very showroom. So people say, oh, he was born with Down syndrome. He was the best human being I've ever met. Had something to learn. When your love is pure, when your intent is pure, you'll cheer even when your competitor's beating you. Fearfully and wonderfully made. There's a lot of people I showed animals with for seven years, and I don't remember most of their names. I remember Zach. Fearfully, wonderfully made. Intricately putting you together. There's no mistake. It's by design. Yeah, but I don't understand some of these issues, some of these complications. I don't either. But that goes back to I can't fully understand him. I don't see the whole big picture. I can only see in part and know in part. Because I am not all-powerful. I am not all-knowing. 
and I am not present everywhere. I just see the here and now. I see in part, I know in part, he has a plan. That's the reason when I pray over people who are pregnant, when I pray over mamas who are pregnant, I pray the same prayer whether they're the most sanctified person I know or there's somebody who's on the very outskirt of the darkest part of the world. I pray the same prayer. God, I'm believing for a healthy mama and a healthy baby, and I believe, God, that your word will be declared by the mouth of this child in their comings and their goings. They will worship you. That's my prayer for all because God had a plan he has a plan he saw your days and he made a plan I'm closing here and because verses 17 and 18 is really what I want us to ponder on today as I close how precious also are your thoughts to me oh God how great is the sum of them If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This morning, I want you to hear the voice of the Lord. I want you to hear the voice of the Father speaking to you. No matter your situation, no matter your circumstance, it it doesn't matter where you are. Whether you are in a good spot or you're in a bad spot, everything is going great or it seems like everything is going wrong. This message is for both. Because I want you to hear the voice of the Father saying, He has precious thoughts of you. That His mind is on you. Where you are, what's going on, He sees you, he knows you, and he has a plan for you because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The responsibility that you have today is now knowing that you're not an accident, knowing that you're not a mess up, knowing that you're not some freak of nature, but that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and the God of all creation has a plan for you your responsibility is is Lord I surrender to follow where you lead that's your responsibility today is to hear the voice of the Lord say you are fearfully and wonderfully made and I have a plan for you and you say here I am Lord lead me in your plan lead me in your way So this morning, if you can, stand to your feet. I want us to take a few moments to worship Him and to pray. As this song declares, to take me into the holies of holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. To take the cold. Cleanse my lips. Here I am so much again for taking time to listen to a message from the sanctuary of Cornerstone Assemblies of God. We do this through the help of our listeners and friends in the community. If you would like to donate to our broadcast, you can go to cornerstoneatlanta.tv and give as the Lord would lead you. 
But again, I, Pastor Richard Wade of Cornerstone Assemblies of God, just say thank you for taking time, and I pray the Lord make this real to you today. Ah. Uh. 
right now sing I will 